It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Will the Cincinnati Reds make a trade this trade deadline season? And by trade, we mean be buyers. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. I'm Steve Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank all of you that have listened to all the episodes today. We love talking baseball with you. If you're an everydayer, let us know. Get in these comment sections today. We're going to be taking your questions and comments here in a little bit, and we love talking baseball with you on Twitter as well. In between episodes on today's podcast, we are going to get into to whether or not the Reds should be a buyer in the trade market. We're also going to be talking about who could be the next impact rookie for the Reds, CES. I'm looking at you. And we're also going to be taking your questions and comments, as I said. Also, quick shout out to the Locked On Bengals guys who are in the chat right now. What's up? I don't know if that's James or Jake, but what's happening, guys? We appreciate the support. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. All right, Jeff, let's dive into this because we've been talking about it. The Reds pitching staff in general, both the starters and the bullpen, is going to need some work. The starting rotation, much more so than the bullpen, but because of the starting rotation, this bullpen is eventually going to run out of gas. You just did a crossover uh, with our buddies over at Locked on Orioles where the comparison between the Reds' bullpen now and the the Orioles' bullpen of last year was made, and it's a scary comparison, but probably an accurate comparison in that when this bullpen right now in 2023 reaches the month of August, reaches the month of September, they're might not be a whole lot left in the tank so the obvious answer is for the reds to go out and buy themselves a relief pitcher arm like a roldish chapman to fill the void a little bit and they need to go out and maybe buy themselves a starting pitcher arm say a michael lorenzen or a bieber or a uh lance lynn any of those guys we've been talking about but here's the thing jeff to do that it's going to cost. You have to spend to get pitching in this league at, at a deadline deal. So where do we go from here? So I think we got to kind of lay out who's available or who we think might be out there on the market. I think you can pretty much chalk up the White Sox as a team that is looking to sell. They're a team that really needs to rebuild their farm system, really needs to kind of reset everything because everything that they did three years ago has turned into absolutely nothing. So they've kind of got to start over. Then you also look at the Royals. I think there's a couple of guys that you could probably get from the Royals right now, being it Chapman, maybe Zach Greinke, maybe Scott Barlow from their, uh, from their bullpen as well. And then Shane Bieber's not a guy that the guardians are going to resign. And as much as the guardians are in contention right now, There's an argument to be made that Shane Bieber is still going to be available regardless of how that plays out because there's an extra year of control. Now, he far and away is going to be the prize of the trade deadline, which means not only will he be expensive, but there's going to be a bidding war as well. So if you look at different guys like that and you you kind of think of some of the names, some of the players that the Reds could go for, I think there's a sweet spot. 
when it comes to how the Reds can add. And it's about those guys who have expiring contracts this year who maybe aren't performing as well as their career states or they're at the latter part of their career. And that's probably where we start to look at guys like Lance Lynn and Zach Granke as players that the Reds could potentially offer up maybe a mid-level prospect for. And and that's the key. Offer up a mid-level prospect for. I think to to frame the rest of this conversation, Jeff, you know, we, we're talking about the type of players they should go get. The the veteran that's, you know, near the end, maybe the the mid mid-level type starter that a team won't try and get CES for. But we need to decide, uh, and we being the not me and you, the Reds need to decide. And we need to decide what we're comfortable with. Where's the cutoff line as far as prospect capital and who you're willing to trade? I'm not willing to talk about CES at all, period, end of discussion. He should not be included in any trade talks at all. Uh, neither, Neither should Connor Phillips or Chase Petty. I don't think you trade that young pitching to get a rental on a older pitcher for a season or two. Uh, I think Connor Phillips is in this Reds rotation sooner than later, uh, maybe even before the all-star break. Uh, Chase Petty not as close, but could really vie for a spot as early as next season. So I don't trade either one of those guys. So we know it's going to take somebody with a name, somebody that's ranked, in order to get a pitcher, it's just the nature of the beast. So for me, I think the most I'm willing to pay is Edwin Arroyo as a, a trade piece, but that's going to have to bring back more than a, I mean, you're going to have to get more than a one season rental. If you're willing to trade Edwin Arroyo to, to bring in that arm. And I don't know. I don't know that the, the trade market for a pitcher is in such a place that you can do a one for one using Edwin Arroyo and get a pitcher back for the starting rotation. That's going to make a meaningful difference. That's going to, that's going to be worth trading away the prospect capital. It's funny. You mentioned that because Lucas is in the comments and he says, I'm fine with trading Edwin Arroyo and Reese Hines for a pitcher. Oh yeah. I would do that. Yeah, I mean that that package would get it done for uh, somebody. I don't know about Shane Bieber. I think Shane Bieber is going to take like a Luis Castillo type trade mm-hmm. package and if i'm doing that there needs to be another qualifier with that and that uh, shane bieber should sign for at least one more year because so here's the thing he's he's contract is through this season and through next season so then if the reds were to go out and get him and give up what is necessary to get him i would need some assurances that he's going to be here in 2025 or at least have a contract through 2025 that you can then trade yourself and bring back something as well. This is an interesting thought for me because I think that the Reds can get a guy that is above the level of just get me from A to B, he's a body, but they don't necessarily need to go for an ace. I've been saying for a while they need to look at Lance Lynn. Now, I think that there are other teams that are doing this. Lance Lynn's contract is up at the end of the season. 
Lance Lynn has not had the best of seasons, but his last like four starts have been pretty solid. I know he had the 16 strikeout start in there a couple of starts ago, but he's given up three runs, four runs, three runs in the last couple of starts, and he's pitching, you know, five and two thirds, six innings. That's really what we need. We need a dude that can go out there every six or every fifth day and throw six innings. I think Lance Lynn could do that. I think Zach Greinke could do that as well, but where they're at in their careers, where their contracts are at, and how they're performing so far this season does not lend them to require an Edwin Arroyo in the deal. I think you could possibly get Lance Lynn or Zach Greinke for, you know, maybe two mid-levels or a mid-level in a, in a flyer or, you know, something like that. Maybe even throw in, like, Nick Senzel, who, yes, he's having a pretty solid season. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, you're yeah. asking, you're basically what you're saying is a, a mid-level guy. Like we could say Reese Hines. Can, we can mm-hmm. use Reese Hines as that placeholder name, a guy that has tremendous upside but hasn't really panned out. And then a change of scenery deal for a guy like a Nick Senzel that you're talking about who has shown flashes, has shown that he has an ability to play at the big league level but just hasn't consistently put it together. I, I think you're right. That's a good package that you could you could send out and get a guy like a Lance Lynn in return. Yeah. And th- and this is the other thing too. And I shout out to the quirky picker, Chad. He makes a good point. You're assuming all three starters, all three of our big starters, green Lodolo and Ashcraft will be healthy in the postseason. Problem is we have to get to the postseason first. That is why I'm looking at something that needs to be done. I, I think, you know, a, a week or so ago, whenever Hunter green was not slated to be out for the next month, we were looking at this and we're saying, you know, what? I think they can endure. I think they can work with this and largely stand Pat, maybe make a move within the margins. Now I do think they need to go get an arm or two. I think ideally you get a starter and a relief pitcher because kind of like you mentioned at the top of uh, this segment here, our lockdown Orioles guy, Connor Newcomb was on with me for a crossover here today. And he laid out what happened to the Orioles bullpen last season. It it was twofold. They traded away Jorge Lopez to the twins and Felix Bautista really started to kind of degrade because it was his first real long season playing as the closer pitching in high leverage situations. So he just got worn down really quickly. And there at the end of August, when he started to wear down the rest of the bullpen did stop me if I'm wrong. Looks like here recently that Alexis Diaz is starting to slow down a little bit. And as much as I would hate to see that happen, because it's hard to have this, this like, you know, one to two run lead in a game that you really want the Reds to win, but also say, no, we can't go to Alexis Diaz because we need to save him for what might be down the road. So there's that element of David Bell's managing that I can't fault him for using Alexis Diaz as much as he has. But as soon as he goes down and starts really losing a step or losing some miles per hour off his fastball or something, then we're going to see the entire bullpen take a big step back. And as much as we have shouted out the bullpen for as well as they played so far this season, if they take a step back, it's not going to look good. All right, two things before we get out of this segment and move on, Jeff. Uh, And we'll get back to a lot of this in the uh, questions and comments on the back half of the show. But two things. My hot take of the day is this. Uh, Edwin, (laughs) Edwin, Alexis Diaz is going to be. Yeah, Ron Diaz. (laughs) Alexis Diaz is going to be an all-star. I I really have no doubt in my mind that he's going to get selected for the all-star team. The Cincinnati Reds absolutely should not let him pitch. 
in the all-star game. He should be shut yeah. down completely for the all-star break. He should not be allowed to touch a baseball. Uh, I know that's a bummer. You want a young guy like that to be able to enjoy and go to the all-star game and all those things, let him go, but tell whoever is in charge of these things, major league baseball, that he cannot pitch under any circumstances. Uh, Greg Hughes was reading my mind because I was going to ask you about this, Jeff. I was going to talk about a Chapman Granky combination trade and, and what that would look like. You know, that this does, does this feel like enough to package Edwin Arroyo and Reese Hines for, I feel like we'd be overpaying just a smidge. Is there a third guy in Kansas city that we could ask for in a deal where we sent the other direction, Reese Hines and Edwin Arroyo and bring back Chapman and Granky? Got a thought about that, and it comes from our brand new Lockdown Royals host, Jack Johnson, who said this on his show the other day. I'm going to tell you what that thought is coming up here in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, got to tell you about our sponsors of FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book for you to check out and the official sports book of Locked On. And brand new customers can get a no sweat bet of up to $1,000 just for joining today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more FanDuel's got a lot of interesting lines and in fact right now I'm looking at this line that is the division odds currently as sits on Thursday June 29th the Reds are second highest odds to win the NL Central currently sitting in first place now Steve but FanDuel is still buying the Milwaukee Brewers FanDuel does not think that the Milwaukee Brewers are going to sell, or at least based on these odds, they have the Brewers at plus 110 and they have the Reds at plus 230. Right behind the Reds are the Cubs at plus 380. Then you jump down quite a bit at plus 850 are the St. Louis Cardinals. And you talk about not believing in anybody. Uh, that April is long gone for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are at plus 3,000. To win the NL Central. Make sure you send that over to Ethan Smith at Locked On Pirates. <laughs> I think he'll probably get about the same time you get that pirate shirt that he wants you to wear because of losing that opening day bet. But yeah, check it out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting po- sponsor of Major League Baseball. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day, your first, second, third listen on a busy day here today. Uh, make sure that you stick with us through the weekend. Lots of stuff going on. Padres series, big time last home series uh, before the All-Star break. And then we'll get you set for the road to the All-Star break coming up on Monday because we are here with you every single day because we are Lockdown Reds every single day. And also, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast for your Cincinnati Reds on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. Okay, so you said another name, and this could be an interesting thing for me because I was I was very intrigued to hear uh, our Lockdown Royals host, Jack Johnson, talk about this, but he mentioned that... If you look at the Royals and you look at where they are in their rebuild, would you say that they're closer to the end of the tunnel or they're just beginning? Just beginning. Be- because it looks like they're just beginning. So if you can get some hev- heavy prospect capital for including Bobby Witt Jr. in a trade, Ooh. would you go Bobby Witt, Aroldis Chapman, and Zach Grinky? If it meant giving up Edwin Arroyo, let's say Chase Petty, and I don't know, like a, a lower level. 
hitter. Yeah, Reese Hines. And you probably would have to give one or two more prospects in that deal that might be a little bit lower, like like a Leonardo Balcazar and maybe like a, a Hector Rodriguez or something. I know our friend Crazy is just absolutely losing his mind. Losing right his mind, yeah. I would, you know what, Jeff? I would consider that deal if they were willing to to put Bobby Witt Jr. in a deal. I would, I would consider trading. Because the team speed. You I, could I, have. I, oh man, I would consider trading <laughs> that absolutely. Hundred percent. I don't know that I, at the end of the day I would pull the trigger on it, but this is not a hard no for me. I mean, like yeah. if you had said CES, I'd have been like, no, full stop. I don't care. We're not trading him. But yeah. Chase Petty and Edwin Arroyo, I because would consider that. What it's about here, and you mentioned this, like trying to get a little bit more. If you're going to give a little bit more, what it's about is twofold. Obviously we want the Reds to continue to win. We want to bolster the rotation, bolster the bullpen and, and make themselves good for now and for the future. But also it's about taking away from the rest of the division. St. Louis is probably thinking, um, well, we might have a shot to come back here. Milwaukee could be waffling. I mean, we, we are the ones that are predicting their demise and their, their sellers mentality at the deadline. But I also think that there's something to that, but could the Brewers flip it if they make a trade for somebody? I think that it's a very interesting idea. The Reds need to look at this from two angles here. How can they get better without giving up too much, but also how can they take away from their division rivals? Because right now it feels like the Reds have the ability to make a couple of moves and put their foot on the throats of the rest of this division and really move forward to get that win. Oh, Jeff, you blew up the comment section with this proposed <laughs> trade. It's going absolutely crazy. I don't know if you saw those scrolling across the bottom of the screen while you were talking, but you know, questions range from where are you going to play Bobby Witt Jr. to yeah, are we going to create a new position between second uh, between shortstop and third base? <laughs> play six infielders, uh, yeah. There's, there's a couple. Yeah. There are a couple hard no's to trading Edwin Arroyo in the chat. Uh, this is why I love the proposed chat, and I know this is not what this segment is supposed to be about. So, guys, we're going to circle back to this in the next segment, but I do want to yeah. get to this next topic, and that is who the next impact rookie is going to be for the Reds because it's a different answer than you might think. The easy answer is to just say Christian Encarnacion Strand. He's going to be the next impact guy. And that would be true if the Reds were actually treating him the way that he should be treated, because if they were, he would already be at the big league level. And we would have moved on from all the Ellie De La Cruz conversation, I think, and start talking about CES a lot. It's, We'd combine it's gonna, them. I, there, there'd be less Ellie talk, more CES talk. That's what I'm saying. But the fact of the matter is, for whatever reason, whether it's Nick Crawl's plan, whether it's simple roster math, they haven't done that. But the nature of the beast that is the starting rotation right now is going to necessitate another call-up. That call-up is going to be Connor Phillips. I think we will see Connor Phillips before we see CES unless there's an injury. Like There's some speculation out there on the interwebs today that Joey Votto is feeling a little bit of something in his shoulder, and that's why he hasn't been playing as much. We haven't seen any confirmation from the team or the beat writers about that yet, but let's just say there's another injury somewhere in there. Then you might get CES because I don't know how much longer Nick Crawl can keep him away. I, I imagine it won't be too much longer before CES is just standing outside Nick's office going, how about now? How about now? How about now? But I'm if, right. I'm ready. <laughs> but, but barring an injury, I think a pitcher is going to be the next impact rookie. And I think that's going to be Connor Phillips. 
I did just see that Christian Roa also got uh, promoted to AAA. Now, he's a guy that has really dealt with a lot of injury issues through his minor league career. Don't necessarily know if he's going to be called up before Connor Phillips would, but I agree with you. I think that there's two reasons for this. And yes, whenever Christian Encarnacion Strand gets that call, it's going to be electric. We're going to be talking about even more of this lineup. I, I really think that this lineup is just going to even get even better if that's possible. But the need of Connor Phillips and his talent combined with that, the fact that he has worked out the whole walks issue, hopefully I think worked it out, you know, in a consistent basis moving forward is something that he can translate to the major league level. I understand we, we've seen different reporting, you know, double a has a different type of baseball that they are using this year. than uh, it's, it's different from the major league baseball, but I still think that limiting walks is something that can translate. So I think that he will be able to kind of make that adjustment much quicker. And if he does, then you are talking about two, maybe even three studs. If Graham Ashcraft really starts to make that turnaround here. And then the starting rotation conversation flips from how much of a liability is it to, yes, it's exactly what we need it to be because hear me out. We don't need like, Cy Young caliber pitchers one through five in this rotation with the lineup that the Reds have, you just need a quality start. That's all you need. You don't need a, a two and a half ERA or a, or a, or even a three ERA, a four and a half ERA is going to do it. It's just, we've been dealing with starts from Luke Weaver and starts from Brandon Williamson where he's blown up. And, and that's been the tough thing because you just kill the bullpen in those starts. Yeah. And, and, a decision is looming, Jeff. Like this is not, you know, pure, you know, us pie in the skying this thing. Uh, a decision right. is looming. The Reds shuffled the rotation. We talked about this, you know, today at some point in time in one of the one of the episodes that are in the feed. We talked about the fact that the Reds have shuffled the rotation a little bit for the Padres series, and that Andrew Abbott's pitching on Sunday on regular rest, utilizing the off day. So the Padres are catching the best part of a bad rotation. They get Graham right. Ashcraft. They get Brandon Williamson and they get Andrew Abbott in this three game set that kicks the can down the road just a little bit. But during that series with the nationals, the reds are going to need another starter. They're going to have to bring up somebody. Now, Charlie Goldsmith is reporting that under the normal roster rules, Levi Stout's not eligible to come back up because of the waiting period after being sent down, nor would when I'm not sure where he stands on being cleared of he, got, he, he, he was get, cut off the 40 man yeah he was cut off the 40 man but nobody picked him up right he's back right, down he's, mobile. yeah he's back so he could in theory be re-added i believe but only <laughs> if there's an injury so i wonder if the reds do the old uh if the Reds do the inflamed old, Luke, ERA, Luke Weaver has a bruised ego <laughs> and an inflamed ERA and is going to be on the injured list for a hot minute so that they can bring up one of Levi Stout or, or both again to piggyback them in a start versus the Nationals. That buys you that buys you a little bit more time because then you've you've kind of limped your way to the all star break. Right. You're, you're mm -hmm. limping your way there. It gives you a little bit of time to take a breath. I want Nick Crawl to go maybe make a deal but it's got to be the right deal. It can't be rushed and it can't be a, a desperation buy for the Reds that, you know, we've seen how Nick crawl does as a seller and, you know, we've seen the get crawled hashtags and, and we've seen the, the praise for the returns he's gotten on the deals selling off parts. Well, that's going to be what he's trying to avoid. Now we haven't seen yeah. him in, we haven't seen him in buyer mode 
is what I'm saying. So I want him to like slow his roll and make smart decisions. So if it means another Levi Stout piggyback, if they've got to find a way to shoehorn Luke Weaver onto the injured list, I'm good with that until we get to the all-star break. I kind of wonder about Levi Stout because I feel like he is a guy that you and I and and a lot of folks have looked at and said, okay, maybe he's a future part of this rotation. But there was something that was said whenever the Reds made the deal and he was part of the trade uh, coming back from the Mariners that both of our lockdown Mariners guys said, yeah, he profiles more as a bullpen guy moving forward. I almost wonder, and, and maybe this is coupled with a move of either a small trade or a waiver wire claim. I just threw up the comment about uh, Chris Flexen, and he's a guy that we talked about on yesterday's podcast of being a possible low-key ad, maybe Derek Johnson can fix him type pitcher. Maybe you slot him into the rotation, you bring up Levi Stout to kind of be the fireman for a Chris Flexen or a Brandon Williamson or something like that, where you can piggyback him off of the guy who starts because they just haven't stretched out Levi Stout. And I don't know that calling him right back up at this moment is going to help him. Maybe we get three innings out of him. Maybe we get four innings out of him. But I think based on the way that they have managed him personally, I almost think they're telling us that Levi Stout is going to be a bullpen piece moving forward. I really hope that's not true. I, I still, I'm still holding out hope that he figures it out to be a piece of the rotation, to be a solid, like number five guy. I think that he could be a solid four or five pitcher in this rotation. I just, I don't feel like we've really given, uh, we've really seen all that he has to offer. I don't think the reds have given him an opportunity to show us and showcase what he can do. Uh, he gets called up for an emergency start. He gets called up fresh off the injured list when he hasn't been stretched back out yet. He's been put in situations that aren't optimal in, in showing what kind of a starting pitcher he can be. I would love to see him get a turn against the Nationals, a, a true legit yeah. start against the Nationals. Now, is he stretched out? Will he be able to give you six? No, I don't think so. But four, maybe sneak into a fifth inning with, with solid you know pitch control, low pitch counts. Yeah, I think he might be able to do that against the Nationals. So I would love to see it. But let's, let's do this, Jeff. Let's hit this next break, and let's just come back and keep attacking all of this comment section. They're, they're flying by once again faster than I can read them at some point in time here. So let's uh, get into uh, all of those watching us live, questions and comments, and we're going to get into them coming up right after this. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Jeff and I are so excited to be here on this live YouTube edition. This is going to drop into the audio feeds uh, for tomorrow, actually. But we're going to be all over the place keeping you covered for the Cincinnati Reds. Make sure you're following us between shows on Twitter. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word reds all right let's do this thing jeff because the comment section is going off there's a lot of smart takes going on flying by over here and i don't i want to get to as much of them as possible um the there's lots of great proposals in here one of the things i want to address there's there's tons of comments about this and i'm not just going to go grab one at random but the the idea of trading or packaging or trading in separate deals kevin newman and nick senzel in order to bring something back I don't know that either one of those guys individually bring you back enough. Maybe you can get a bullpen arm for one of those guys, yeah. particularly Kevin Newman. But one of the one of the comments against that type of 
deal is that right now, both of those guys are valuable if they were used correctly. And we talked about how David Bell doesn't use them correctly always, but they're solid against left-handed pitching and you need guys like that. So trading them away at the all-star break, does that hurt the team more than it helps it in what you could get in return? Do we want to not trade away active roster people and disrupt the chemistry. You know, we worried about this. We didn't worry about this. Some people worried about this. We worried about the disruption of the chemistry when Joey Votto came back. We worried about changing the ingredients to the stew, so to speak, at the yeah. big league level uh, while they're playing so well. Do we worry about that in deadline deals? Or do you think that the, the active roster guys accept that that's part of baseball, part of making the team better, and they press forward? Because it wouldn't be like trading Suarez and Weaker before the season started. Right. I don't think it would have that type of impact. Right, and I think that is where you say Jonathan India should not be traded because Jonathan India is part of the core of this locker room feeling. I think that trading Nixon Zell or trading Kevin Newman doesn't, disrupt that at all in fact I think the guy that you would probably bring in is is partially scouted for the way that he would fit in with this team I also think that this team's chemistry is so strong based on guys like Matt McClain based on guys like Ellie De La Cruz Will Benson Jonathan India all these different guys Spencer Steer make up a team chemistry core that is so strong that I don't think you upset it by bringing in different types of guys like low key and 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 this is not a hot take that we could ever like quantify, but Loki, I think you could add Tommy fan back to this uh, locker room. And I don't think that there's a problem with that because this locker room is so strong. So I'm not worried about the chemistry of this. I think everybody fits in so long as the team continues to perform well. And I think that there's another thought with this too, that I want to get into about Newman and Senzel and the idea of trading them separately. I think you only trade one. I think if you trade Newman, you keep Senzel or if you trade Senzel, you hang on to Newman for the rest of this season. The offseason, that, that's a topic we will talk about as uh, whenever the offseason gets here. But for this trade deadline season, I think you trade one. Because, yes, they are both so strong against left-handed pitching, and you can slot them in where you need to. But also, you don't need both of them. TJ Friedel, he can hit lefties. You don't have to take him out just because a left-handed pitcher comes into the game. I think Will Benson can do it. His minor league career shows his average and his on-base don't dip that much. His slugging does. But he still sees pitches well from left-handed pitching. So I think that there is not this just built-in weakness slash you know left-handed bomb that there was in years past where you just put anybody who can throw a ball with their left hand on the mound and all of a sudden the reds can't score how's this for a lineup friedel mclean fraley edlc steer benson india Votto, stevenson it's a pretty darn good lineup that's from like that. uh, our buddy steve in the comment section I, uh, I i like that one Listen, so if we're only trading one of them, does it make sense to trade one over the other in, in, in this scenario, right? It, it Probably you get a little bit of a better return, right? Also, just because would, of his former first-round pick status and, and all of the, the hype and flash that surrounds him? Yes. Yeah, I think that, I think that Nixon Zell would be the more enviable of the two, and um, I think they're both under arbitration, but... You would still have one more year of arbitration left with him. I, I, I think ultimately, though, there is something to be sold in the year that he is having. Now, he's not setting the world on fire, but according to baseball reference, he has more war this year than he's had in any other season that he's ever played. 
And that's including last year when he was largely healthy. So I, I really think that there could be a smidge of value. And when I say value, I'm talking about a middle relief guy. I'm not talking about a setup guy. I'm not talking about a closer. I'm talking about a fresh arm to come in and help in the middle relief here. But also, it's something that I think Nick Crawl is considering right now because Nixon Zell, while he provides you with some interesting at-bats against lefties and the crazy bunt that he put down against Felix Bautista last night that it's it's gonna it's it won't be soon uh, uh until I forget that one that that was a real that was a fun moment in that game but overall I think Nick Crawl has the ability to trade him and I think he will all right, Jeff, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download that SXM app and search the word Reds. Yep. Thanks so much, everybody, for checking us out. Coming up on Monday, we will wrap up the Padres series. And if anyone survived the Taylor Swift concert on Friday, uh, come join us on the Monday episode. But as for uh, then, you can count on me and Steve to be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.